Welcome, Steve. Good morning. Oh, man. It's Good such an honor to have you back. The legend. The legend in the industry of electronic distribution. I've told him to stop doing that, so you need to stop doing this legend. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what legend means anymore. Unless uh, we have a whole session on defining what legend means. Well, we can get there, too. No, we if you have a computer, anyway. should we Google the, the Google? No. but no, Well, no. As, as I say, why I call it legends? Because the influence and, as I said, the experience of people that you, have, you know in the industry. I mean, you go back so far, and it's like you understand it. You've been there. You've seen the industry change in electronics, distribution, representative manufacturing. You've been all there. And the wisdom that you, you you share with everybody is priceless. I think it's about everybody sharing with each other, right? Oh. So, well, you always ask the questions. Like at the end of the day, you you ask a lot of questions to learn that knowledge. So you were very curious. Yeah, and I, you know, to that, you know, at ECIA all the time, you know, mm -hmm. when I would go to ECIA meetings, executive conference, you know, it was kind of a standing running joke. You know, Jesus, Joel's hands going up again first, you know, whatever. But yeah, just you always have to ask questions. Because I don't have I don't have all the answers, you know. Of course, but it's it's the questions that you ask, and I think this everybody has become much I think much more willing to engage, you know. And, and I, there's so many new things happening dynamically in this business, right? Everything. Oh, so. everybody's grown. I mean, I've, since you've been on here, I think it was about six, seven months ago. It could have were, been, yeah. I think. It yeah, was. you're on the first one. So how's it been? How's everything going since then? I mean, yeah. a, lot, a lot still has changed the last six, seven months. It has, and it still is. I'm still trying to figure out where all those changes are continuing, you know, because they are. Uh, but things are going good. Mm -hmm. You know, Big Zeta has been, uh, uh, you know, performing, I believe, in what I understand from the customers, you know, fairly well. You're, you're a customer yes. also, and, you know, at... Uh, you do make a point to make sure that we constantly earn that right to be a... We're doing know. our best. Yeah, you Filling do. out those comic cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but th th things are doing well. I mean, we're getting good feedback. Um, you know, the, I think what's interesting is that all the changes and dynamically that occur in the market with these models, be it a channel, a distributor, or a component manufacturer, we've got to pivot immediately with every one of those model changes, mm -hmm. evolutions, and occurrences. So... We've been able to stay on pace, so I'm very happy for that. Um, uh, we're in the right direction. Um, we keep pivoting when need to be, right? And and that's that's worked out very well for us well, right now. From the yeah, beginning of the, happy. let's go from the beginning of, of of the pandemic to the middle to currently where we are one year in fully after the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, started. How has the basis of the model of Big Zeta changed? Has it transformed to the digitalization and then? giving that product to your customer and the product shifted mm, product focus. Okay, good question. You always seem to nuance a question a little differently, even though it's been asked before <laughs> many times by a, a other ways. Right. But no, that's a good one. That's a good, that's a good way to do it. So, um, big Zeta's model, mm -hmm. you know, in its most simplest form, right. Is, is to help people, distributors, manufacturers very easily digitally transform themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Ultimately, you, you know, accomplishing that digital footprint that everybody so desires right now for the life of me why they didn't think about this two or three years ago yep. is beyond me but that's okay we've all come to united consensus in the industry um so with that every time we engage with a new customer you know they may think oh i really need to have my on-site search working better it doesn't do this within a half hour of conversation it has evolved into seven or eight other things digitally that they had no idea or, or didn't have an a, a overwhelming awareness that this is affecting everything you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, and it's got to be corrected. You 
know, and you can correct it. It's not going to break the bank. You know, there's ways to do things. So we've had to learn an in-depth knowledge expansion in the entire new technical stacks that are being mm-hmm. assembled, right? <clears throat> you know, whether it's a CRM, it's a PIM, it's your, you know, any, any of the architectural structures that you have to have for your, for your web environment or operationally. So those are always being added on, and there's a lot of them out there. And fortunately, our expertise in development and engineering, um, we have to stay on top of those. Yeah. You know, do you have an I, you know, do you know this platform versus the other one? And you know, how do I work with that, right? So uh, that's forced us to expand our personnel knowledge base on dev and, and engineering. And then with that, you also have to, you have this great awareness now by customers that want, hey, I want to have an identity better known of the persona on my site. What does that mean? Now we've had Big Zeta is forced to understand and provide persona navigation, buyer journey, and all of that conversation. There's nuances to that. We've got to build technology assets that allow that to happen more efficiently for companies. So all of this has happened in the last 12 months. Yeah, breaking down that tech stack from the beginning. Let's go from there, from the beginning. Because with all the new clients, you've had existing clients and new clients coming in, and everybody is there to solve. um, They want you to solve a problem for them. They're trying to get more exposure. They want better e-commerce. They want more, you know, content marketing, whatever it is. And what is it that you found through the last year of the some of the one or two or three biggest challenges of what you face that the thought pro the methodology of thought like okay I want this I want this I want this and take me here I want to go from A to Z instantly but the leadership or the mind they they don't understand the process through hmm. okay. And I think this is scalable to any yeah. to any model, right? So it doesn't matter if you're you know, ten, fifteen million dollar sure. company or if you're fifteen, twenty billion. Mm-hmm. Everything is essentially the same in terms of when those kind of questions are asked. Mm-hmm. Most prevalent is the unawareness of what my technology stack actually is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Now, I don't know if this has been because questions were never asked. Uh, and I do think that we sit back on our laurels in this, in this industry quite often. And, you know, what's good is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, the, one of the things I appreciate about you, Rob, and there's others out there uh, that kick the can way down the road into other freeways, <laughs> you know, and constantly challenging. So with that being said, this, this new emergence of – of challenging, you know, my technology stack, my ERP existence and data sets that I have or do I, you know, what have you, that's come to the forefront. So people are asking the very basic questions, you know, uh, you know, am I getting the most out of my technology stack today that we invested lots of money into? Are we extracting from that and getting performance? Generally, the question is no, because they generally don't know what it should be doing. Mm-hmm. And are we, which opens up a whole different Realm of conversation. Why don't we know? Well, let's explore that. It's been a, a consulting line for us to help them understand what's available and how to extract from it. Then you got to connect the pipes. Then you also got to have figure out: Do you have the personnel, the manpower, you know, to be able to work with this? And that's another revelation. So it's understanding the tech stack, understanding that all of a sudden we don't have the manpower intellectually 
you know, coding dev guys and gals and programmers to do this and build the technology connections to capitalize on all the tens of millions of dollars I just invested on my tech stack. That's an awareness. So basic conversations, but they're good to have. The, consum- the consumer market, B2C, has known this for a long time and they've exploited all of these tech stacks and the marketing stacks that are available. So they've done a good job and that's now finally spilling over to us. So three, I think it's the tech stack knowledge. It's, it's what, what am I missing that I should be getting? Are we staffed? Mm-hmm. That, that's the three big things. How about the sip, the, the gap between sales and marketing that, mm-hmm. um, why, why I look, say that is I think in the, past marketing just does its own job <laughs> and disconnected from sales they don't understand the whole purpose of sales marketing or content marketing or through the website journey the sales don't understand how the website works and edu- i mean are those some of the challenges you face going into a uh, a customer or client to be able to educate them through that process yeah. it is a problem yeah. it is a problem i don't even know why we have this problem anymore yeah. you know where sales and marketing are separate and you know agnostic to each other that's silly this is yeah. silly in fact i was talking to dave loftus at uh, ecia the yeah. other day we talked about that um a little bit that that should just be something that's been moved on and and, and dealt with and i think what's going to force that more so for those people that still want to hold back those isolated entities mm-hmm. uh digitally now digital tools Digital technology is very easy now to force these two entities together, and they're codependent. That's another revelation yeah. <laughs> that I think, you know, you, you say, hey, Charles, you know, what's been going on that's bubbling up new? It's that. You know, is being able, how do you, it, it's conflicting, rela- uh, you know, realities at the moment. You know, you've got these companies that, you know, you know this is still people business, which I believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. People buy things companies don't. Mm-hmm might be automated, but somebody's got to push mm-hmm. the button. Yep. But you've got these companies where sales and marketing are isolated, yet you have these, and, and they possess all the ability, technically, to feed each other cohesively to understand what each other's doing with the data that, they're, they, have, that they can gather off their digital existence, right? And they just now are starting to realize, oh, I could do that. Now, what does that mean to sales? Everybody is starting to awaken to buyer journey, persona identification. Okay, that's basically what it all means. It means, uh, you know, who's my customer and what are they all about, right? I could face-to-face deal with that, but digitally it's more of a likelihood that we'll have that relationship yeah, yeah, with a customer. You bring that up is through the, the <clears throat> I, I know the day it's data. And I think it's the educating the, the marketing team and the sales team of that data with now the new models of API and SaaS and mm. all that of the integration of tools. And I, that's what I think clients even coming, revelation for me the last year honestly has been all of that API and SaaS and how it's used to, mm-hmm. to be able to run data and find the buyer journey. What are the process? How do they go to the website? How the marketing comes in, it feeds in. Where does it go through the sales? It feeds the sales through the CRM system. How do they touch that? What touch points are there? What are they looking for? And that data is, it's priceless really to understand. And I think and it's, lo- there. it's there. <laughs> it's there. And it's there. just not being. It's co- always been there. And that's that, that separation gap between sales and marketing is marketing gets that data, but doesn't share it to sales before. And it wasn't vice versa. There is no, there's that gap that's just 
whole different entities is that they need to be convert and the education of it is the toughest part because some people are fixed into their mindsets mm -hmm. are fixed mm -hmm. and i think the education of the successful old school marketing teams now with the new school digital era how do you change that mindset because people have fear of the unknown and fear of change fear of digitalization that the the system can't do a better job than a person can and these are the um, like AI, as I said, the AIs. AI can't think for me and do this, but it's not. Th it's just helping you, assisting you to quantify in a qualitative system to quantify the result. You know, so that to me that conjures up the notion. I think a lot of people too that people that have moved towards a more digital existence because you just have to. I mean, let's you know, it's not arguable anymore. So, but you also have to start looking at how do I humanize that digital yep. existence, right? You know, what am I going to be like? What does that mean? Because at the end of the day, if I go to a website, I want to find my things easy. I want to, I want the whole ex experience just to be easy. And I, it, and that's pretty much what I've been able to, you know, experience on my own, you know, whether it's with Amazon or other, you know, you know, places that I do go, but that humanization of yeah. the digital engagement Marrying the two, that's now a real conversation, right? And, and I think you were so, sort of spot on about the, you know, the buyer journey and the persona identification. Once you start having that understanding and knowledge, right, and that you use APIs or RPAs or any of the, you know, technology ability out there, you start to understand, oh, I know what Rob's been looking for. Mm -hmm. If Rob comes back to my site, I think Rob wants to know that my site knows that he was there last, here's where you were right? Even that, right? So everything leads into the ability, like digitally, how do I know what's your intent? Mm -hmm. That's a conversation that everybody's been wanting to have, but it's now on the more forefront because technology and the tools, the tech stack and marketing stack enables to understand some of the intent, API, mm -hmm. machine learning, right? And I think there's going to be a whole lot of companies that once they start to embrace this and build out this data, um, the next wave of now what do I do? Because what you used to do in marketing may not matter exactly the same now that you know all this new, you have this awareness about who your users are and you know what they do when they're with you digitally and this and that. So you've got to step back. Take a look at you know, now. How do I market that? Yeah, that that journey. I just think you bring it back to that B two C. The B two C world is done, and of course, the biggest data miner in the world is Google. And Google, and when you have an account awful, with Google, awful. and when you have an account <laughs> with Google, people don't realize it thinks for you. It can fill in where it knows how your thought process is. It knows the process. It has intent, AI based intent. intent of where I'm going. If I had a search bar, it'll fill in the search. It already predetermines or anticipates yes. what you're going to search for, right? These are other areas for the profile of that user, of the buyer or whoever it is that comes to a website or comes to a platform to navigate them easily to get to the ultimate result they mm -hmm. want. But the, the biggest, I mean, it's so fascinating how far it's out there and how deep you can go, but into the distribution model, manufacturing supply chain, um, and, and that supply chain, it's still, they don't understand because I think the education is not there. And sometimes there's a f of understanding it. How is this working? What's it feeding to me? How is marketing getting this information? And then marketing feeding it to the sales and sales understanding what to do with it and the intent of, okay, contact this person. 
we see their journey. They found this data sheet or they found this product. They were looking at it. They said, I can tell how much they were on there, how long they downloaded it. Why don't we contact them? And then with the CRM systems in place, which are smart as well, we have a smart CRM system as well that can can give you all that data and then the touch points and to monitor with all the data analytics that sales are doing the right job, marketing is doing the right job, everything is connected. And it's so powerful, but I, I, I think it's also a little overwhelming for a lot oh, of it people. Is. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's overwhelming in terms that because that wasn't my job originally. Yeah. You know, I'm a marketing guy or, I'm, oh, I'm a data person. Um, I'm a PR person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the same now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that yeah. sounds weird, folks, but, you know, you know let's, that's a great point. Talent set. So you got all this technology and you're marrying it and bolting it together. You're getting a great set of information and you're lucky enough to have it all kind of working, but I've got to have people to interpret it, right? And you've heard that, you know, data scientists and, you know, all these types of terms that have come forward about, you know, I need people to make sense of all the data logs I have, right? Yep. So, you know, with this new intelligence that you're gathering, about things that are occurring on your site or digitally engageable with you, you know, you just got to make the most of understanding how can I take it all in and put it into a presentable, actionable, you know, outcome. Mm -hmm. And that is another area that is conversationally bubbles up all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. listen, all of this and the biggest hurdle is money. Oh my God. You know, uh, you know, what's that going to cost me? What, you know, you've already spent, seven or eight million dollars on that you know you're not you're only pulling 20 percent of what you need out of that you know functioning um so we've had that's been another uh area we've had to help educate people with and understand that you know it, it you know there's many ways to enter and advance yourself digitally and you don't have to break the bank you're not going to break the company there's ways to do it in sequence or whatever and and that's been very fortunate for us that you know we've been able to find those easier entry points for people through through that tech stack journey and education you're educating your clients and understanding through the process do you come to the point where sometimes they want to just put a band-aid on the current infrastructure they have and let's not start from ground zero and let's just build from where we are and build up where you say nothing these systems won't talk to each other for the future do you have a lot of those instances all the freaking time are you kidding me i I, it's amazing oh you know, say a distributor is not e-commerceable at the moment. Mm-hmm. I can't do e-commerce. <clears throat> and I'm sitting on WordPress. Yeah. And I got an okay site. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to dress it. Tr- functions, yeah. You know, Chulis, I need you to dr- get you guys to dress it up a little bit. You know, I got, you know, a little bit of money. And, I, oh, I want to be e-commerceable in five months. Oh, okay. And I think I've got this plugin available with WordPress that, will allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But they have no idea that every little add-on, when you start you know, dealing with certain of these platforms, these add-ons start to mount up pretty quickly, right? And the plugins generally don't do all that you need to be done, certification, authentic, you know, authenticity, yes. and all the certificates, you know, certifications that are needed. Um, that's been an issue where people just want to minimally invest but want the greater outcome. Um, and we have to help people with that to understand, right? And there are ways to deal with it, but but it's edu- you have to educate them. Everybody has a set thing in mind in terms of, you know, 
what they think it should cost. And in most cases, they don't understand the completeness of, of, of the investment that's needed. But I have to say again, you know, if you move away from dependency on the big platform companies, you know, I get in trouble if I mention names, but, you know, the big platform companies that you're a big enterprise, you've got it all built on this, and, but you now need to digitally advance further and you find out that, okay, to do that, I'm married to this tech stack. I can't get out of it because it was cost me a fortune to bail out. So now I'm going to have to spend an additional fortune, fair amount of money that I did not plan on to add these other things on. And there's ways that we've had to find to work with different technology stacks to insert the more efficient way to get the outcome that you want. So you don't have to extend yourself beyond where you're comfortable with all the different plugins, right? So all of these things are new and nuanced when we have conversations. You can see this is not an easy conversation yeah. for anybody, right? And uh, that's we've had to adjust and dynamically pivot to address all those and staff ourselves accordingly for that, right? You know, on any given day, heck, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, what our current staff is. It just keeps growing, right? I know it's north of 150 or 160 well, people. Well, people, I mean, working with the Big Zeta team, you know, we – I, I was also <clears throat> enlightened and understood how many people it takes to build each product or each platform to develop. I mean, there's so many people involved and everybody has a talent or skill set. Yeah. That's ex expertise in that area, right? There's multiple fat to build a platform. It doesn't take or two or three people. Yeah, you can build it. One person could build a WordPress site. That's not, a, but to build infrastructure, to build a building, it takes a lot of different people with different skill sets to come in to build that that try to build you want, how many floors you want, how deep you want, how much, how many people you want to store, which data, put people, how many people, how much information you want to put in it. It's a great way of thinking. Yeah. And, and most of the time, they don't want to furnish it after they build it. <laughs> so you've got an empty building, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's a good analogy, you know, so you, you hit it on right on. It, that's, that's the truth is that, you know, you can't do this half-ass when you go into the, you know, to digitalize yourself or how digital transform yourself or build a digital presence, whatever the term is, you know, mm -hmm. define what that is internally. What does it mean to you? Mm -hmm. So we'll have those conversations. How do you go about it? You know, understand, you know, how you're staffed, how you're ordered, because those things will all dynamically change mm -hmm. as you're digitally transforming yourself, you know, on site. Right. So you have to think holistically. You know, there's there's no excuse anymore to be surprised later. And, and we try to future proof that, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we can. There's different platforms and things, to, you know, to use. But everything we do, it, we take into consideration up front to be able to future proof. I know you'll need e-commerce later, Rob. Yeah. May not want to have it functional right now, but that should be built on a future proof platform so that you can kick that in. Correct. Right. And we have to do that. And a lot of people don't want to have to do that. They get back to the money thing again, yeah. right? Oh, I can't spend that extra $1,000 to have that ready when I do need it a year from now. And I think that's starting to erode. And what I mean by that is that companies that have thought that way now are being penalized through the pandemic and the inability to make face-to-face -face calls. So they're being penalized. And those exposures are... Are there um, and I'll applaud this industry for waking up to that mm -hmm. um, in acknowledging that 
you know, whether it's large company or small. And I, I'm excited by that for people. You know, there's just so much distance ahead of us that we can still travel. And we set the path ourselves. It's our road to determine. I agree. And that really then takes me to that next part of the content marketing, humanizing your rehumanizing yourself with a human connection or the content side of how to build content since our, even our, our, our industry is very product. It's all about the product, but again, people do humans do business with humans Mm -hmm. and it's getting in front of them and building that brand of content having, okay, you can build the most beautiful website, but you have to also brand it and make content and put people that are there. And especially in this pandemic, um, the BDC, again, BDC has been there. People build brand off a person or personality. But now the biggest challenge is putting personalities and people in front of the brand to be to be synonymous and to relate exactly from the personal brand that works aligns with the company brand. And they say, okay, I want to do business with Joe. Joe works for this great XYZ distributor. And I like Joe. You know, I didn't know much of the distributor, but I like Joe and Joe's brand is good and he gives big service. So I want to do business with Joe and Joe just works for XYZ. But that's that model has come in because Joe can be the rep or the engineer or whatever he is to design engineer and represents that line. And these are things that I think in the last year, our whole, the model, the rep model, distribution model, even principal manufacturer has kind of been woken up mm-hmm. and to understand that. So what are, what, ha, what, what has changed? What have you seen? You just said that things are accelerated. People are doing that. But what is the biggest challenge for that rehumanization that you see? The humanization, you mean, as you digitally transform yourself, you know, you got to make that as human, humanistically relevant as yeah. possible, even though it's digitally being done. Yeah, because pushing your yeah. sales forward, yeah. instead of pushing just the company brand, yeah. pushing the sales people forward as a brand as well. Because distribution pushes the sales people forward. The, the main principal manufacturers can put distribution, but those all have reps. They have to push those reps forward. So that, okay, that's couple different directions we can go all right so let me take care of the rep thing first right you know i and i do know there's there's a momentum pushing right for component manufacturers that do have reps um they're looking and want the reps to be more proactive in their marketing efforts yes and that means that reps that are going to embrace that have to do something with their website or their digital existence, which has been nothing more than, for the most part, a yellow page listing. You know, yeah, I got six lines, here are the states, and I'm kind of good, and you can call Sam or Tammy, uh, they're the inside the sales, and there you go. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with some reps the other day that I asked, I said, do you have the authority, we talked earlier about this, do you have the authority to utilize all of your component manufacturers' data set, be it a data sheet, reference design, white paper, video, whatever? Oh, that's, that's a good question. So it dawned on me that the reps haven't even thought about how far do they need to go now to have the, the customers actually find a value when I as a rep am not there, but you can certainly go to SC Inc. Mm-hmm. and you'll find everything you need about the six principles that, that you yeah. count on me about, right? So that's transformational. That's going to happen. And I think you're going to have a very small percent of reps there again it's about investment Mm -hmm. um so that'll start to i I think become more of an issue and um they probably won't get any support from their manufacturers 
for them for the reps to go do that. They're going to have to start doing it on their own, and I think they can do that, and they should. Um, but let's move to I think that humanization yeah. question that you had, you know, relative to uh, you know the sites and content, right? Because content. Remember the remember the time when content was king. Yeah. Okay. Duh. We get that. So content now is your ante. If you want to play, content will determine what your chances of being successful are. Looking at that content in its entirety and what you're trying to bring forward. You talked about if IBS represents this, the content structure deliverable that I have on site has got to be able to reflect that, mm-hmm. right? Most sites aren't, aren't done to do that necessarily, in my opinion, um, be it a distributor or a manufacturer. It's probably a lot easier for a manufacturer to build out a content structure and relevance that's optimized and married to exactly what I do as a manufacturer. I build relays, I build semis, whatever it may be. Distributors have a harder time. You've got to find that identity that you want to fit in. Because you got a hundred others that are doing the same thing you're doing. How do you find that? We were talking earlier to uh, one of your guys, Matt, <clears throat> about video, product video. Mm-hmm. Product video is, is a really good way to personalize and humanize this digital existence. And I think more, I think DigiKey and Mouser do a really yeah, good job. Yeah, they on, do. They, they do a great job on product video. Um, and you need to be able to, and there's a few ways to do that the right way. We all understand the timing and everything. You know, can't have a 12, 15, 20-minute video, although I think this broadcast will be, you know, an hour. We're going to cut it up. Don't worry. I'm going to cut yeah, No, we can do whatever. Clips we can do whatever. Are, everybody's just, attracted to clips, but that clip leads to listening to the whole thing. Yeah, so I don't get where is. people, you know, I, I listen to everything. I don't yeah. care. If I like it. If, if I like <laughs> it. If I like it. So it's re- real talk of Joe Rogan for yeah. me is what, is what works. <laughs> uh, but, but content now can be, there's ways to do content in a much more efficient manner you can syndicate content and be able to bring it in right uh, we're actually building out a syndication platform for content structure uh we're we're you know beta with a few people right now sizable uh but you're going to be one of the first people to hear back from me like hey okay we got yep. this now you need content so this syndicated platform yeah. tech plugin is going to work great well, for you well you come to me is like here have this data look at what we did look what's happening okay jump on because at the end of the day everybody wants to see oh the the data is is but people need to understand how to read the data. When you mean data, on the syndicate off the oh. process of syndication of where it's going through the pro, you know, channels, the channels that you're going through, how it's getting out there, the views, the content, the impressions, and the, you know, these are the types of things that come into play. People want to see it's it is a numbers game, but at the end of the day, the content market is also a consistency game. It's consistently showing up every day and being there. And the biggest challenge, I feel a lot of people have approached me since I've been doing this podcast again. Oh, you know, how do you do it? What do you do? You know, I put out a video. I put out two videos in the last two months and I really didn't get anything off of it. I'm like, well, are you you're just taking a look? Yeah. What, what is, what is your trying to, what's your, what's your goal? You think one video is going to bring in millions of dollars. It's also building the, because that one video, people don't know who you are. Yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> Who are you? There's a lot of people. Are, that think are you sure? Yeah. You know, well, everybody must know me. Or <laughs> everybody must know. If I put a video, everybody's going to know that yeah. I am the king of this service or this product. <laughs> so buy from me. But it's consistently showing up to build that brand, and to be a credible, or as you say, a, it could be a thought leader or something into that brand. This is 
I'm building the visibility. He's likable and I want to try, or I, he has, he's credible. I'm going to give him some opportunity and, and I like, you know, I'm going to give him a shot and that's, but it's consistently showing up to do that. Mm -hmm. Putting one post or two posts or sharing a white paper or a spec sheet doesn't mm -hmm. mean everybody in the world is going to come and to, why would they you're, as a rep come to you to, for the designs? Yeah. Why would they, you know, unless you've made really, you know, strong efforts in, 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 in trying to establish that brand equity. Right. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, just like, you know, you've done with, you know, with real talk, yeah. uh, you, you, you work hard at it. This is not easy. You know, you got to love it Yeah. and passion. passionate about it. And even when you go with some of your, you know, participants that, you know, joined you here at the table, um, gosh, I, th I think I've, watched maybe 10 i'll be honest maybe yeah. 10 that's good yes i watched one of mine but i had to make sure it was okay <laughs> but but the other 10 i'd say half of that 10 was relative to this industry yeah. the other five different industries yeah different industries people you know that you yeah. become acquainted or invited in you know and all of the, here's the thing about content uh we all share the same thing now we all have ability to to get as much content as we want because it's there we all have the ability to get it and we also have the ability to have it posted syndicated curated iterated upon mm -hmm. and the one the folks that have been doing that recognize that for some time prior to covid are the ones that are much, much more efficient and proficient and are seeing returns. This is another area of conversation when you talk about, you know, your digital transformation and your representation and brand, you know, what's the messaging on my site? Where's that con content has to be relevant. You know, that's the first thing. And there's so much content that is so scattered. You well, know? there is a lot of content, but it's also the human, bring it back to the human. The yes. human thing is being credible, being relatable, it's not all about business. People, I mean, I've been to many meetings a weekend to 50% be personal, 50% is business because we all relate to the same challenges we face. We share similar interests and in some things outside the workplace mm. and we build a relationship, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's not about keep pushing product, product, product. There's, there is a formula out there that people should be aware of and figure out their formula, like product, product or product, something more personal, something about or inspiring or something sharing knowledge about in news yeah. and then product. These are things you just don't go product, 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 because people don't want pe people also interested in other things out there. Supply chain news, industry news, the global and just what's going on globally. You know, a lot of challenges is politics. You could share some of those views and not everybody's going to like it, but there are a lot of people that are going to really like it and, and, and then comment on it and start engaging with it. And uh, into the LinkedIn world where I think we live in, that's really where our business is in. A lot, there's a lot of ghosters out there too. A lot of people sure. just ghost it. Yeah. Uh, the, the social media world, the Facebook, since they're asking more, way more consumer. Um, but you still have to be present, I think, in every in every area. Uh, but that's the world we live in. So pushing content through campaigns, through email campaigns, those drip campaigns, which I really don't know if they're as effective as they used to be. And the, the LinkedIn thing is building that brand. And today, as it probably you get yourself, I get so many people trying to drop in, DM me, as you call it, direct message, Instagram, like send me private messages. They don't know me. They, they connect with me and they try to sell me instantly. That is, in my opinion, is the, I would tell for everybody, that's the biggest fail. Don't get to know me, get to know me, 
find something about me. There, I am all over the webs. You can find everything about me. You can Google my name. I am everywhere with everything I do. At least find something relatable, thing that you like, and then start that conversation. Don't get into that. Here, I do this product. I'm an investment company. I'm a product company. I sell this thing or buy from me or here's this, you know, or, you know, capital funding, banking, whatever. But do you even know who I am? So that's all about being prepared, right? Yeah. Prep, prepping for that call, whatever it's going to be. Um, uh, here's what I find interesting is that the um, prepping and understanding what's the need? What is Rob's need? I remember in my media days, you know, to all the sales team, including myself as a salesperson, is that you, know, you need to identify the need. And then you need to validate that that need from that customer is exactly what you believe it to be. And you don't know that until you do some investigation, try to find out. It's so easy now, right, these days to find out everything about Rob. And, and you can start to assess, this is probably what they need. Do I fit in with that? Okay, now I'm ready to approach. Hey, Rob, saw this. Mm -hmm. You posted some things the other day. I'm sensing maybe you have this that could be a requirement. I know we don't know each other. Uh, I'd like to have an opportunity to see if my solution might help you. Um, please forgive me for reaching out through social, you know, but I figured this would be a good way to do it. I, you, especially on LinkedIn, I'm, I, I maybe do that two or three times a month. That's about it, where I try to link in with somebody. If they've accepted, I always tell them, thank you for a lot, accepting my invite. I don't use the pre-populated response. You know, I try to make sure that they I personalize it, right? And again, this gets, it's all digital tooling that allows me to personalize the opportunity. Pick up the freaking phone so we can talk. Right at the end of the day, that's well, what I want. It's a call to action. The call to action. Yeah, right? I want that to happen. I don't even have to say, "Let's find time to talk." Mm -hmm. Just how I I, I put it to them. Um, the same thing happens on your content online, right? Mm -hmm. For your website, you can kind of start to create an automated version of that dialogue that you're typing, you know, through a LinkedIn. Like I just, mm -hmm. you know, gave an example, but you can do that automatically programmatically yeah. uh, on your site. And that's where you brought up, you know, buyer journey persona, right? You also start to know now because you got triggers. Oh, that's what Rob wants. He's been there now three times. Mm -hmm. I can automate a message back with an intent understanding that that's what he was looking for. Maybe this will help you. Do it one more time, no more than three. And you get feedback from a user because you've taken them and intersected their, their journey and you know you think what they're looking for, you just hit a home run. That value of that lead that says, Rob, call me. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and I think yeah. all of that is starting to come well, much more I forward. agree, and I think leadership has a big, big. Um, what do you mean by leadership? You mean the C-suite? The C-suite has a big awakening to understand, because the C-suite executives tell, mm -hmm. okay, we need more sales. So sales go sell this product. But the challenge is the education of how to sell it in a digital world and build the presence because people don't buy that, buy, buy that product. So what their game is, the game of numbers. Everybody says, okay, I contact more people, I can have more leads. But in the days, just say the buyers are the quality, mm -hmm. getting a qualified lead, understanding, hey, this person came to my website and looked at this bot. I have a bot, AI bot, they found it, they put their name in there. But it's also got, do you instantly call them back because of it? Or do you do 60-second search to find out, hey, where's this guy coming from? Who is he? Look him on LinkedIn. Get some profile about him. And then when I call basic him. Basic sales, right? But you'd be surprised that a lot of 
Well, today it's not a lot of pe- a lot of the le- I would say from that level, there's a lot of pressure to push down and not really educate the the process of the sales journey okay. of building relationship. All right, let me jump in here. Yeah. C-suite, oh man, is that hard, right? So, meaning, no offense to the C-suite out yeah. there, right? To all my friends, <laughs> you know, but end of the day, the message that comes from your subordinates or team that are challenged to go digitalize the world that you exist in, you all, I have to create arguments for them to defend, for them to go to you to ask for the money. And all you want predominantly is, uh, okay, is that going to increase my sales? Prove it. I get it. But I think the openness now, what's changed for us during the pandemic, right? We have to create solid, arguable points, defendable, for a VP or a director or a C title that's going to position what we need to do next to the other C levels, if you mm-hmm. will. So we have to write up and, and approach things that are defendable that make sense. Because most of the people that are going to their boss, it's been the age-old investment easy. Oh, so, uh, I'll get more leads, Rob. Okay, good. How much you need? A thousand bucks a month more. Great. More leads. That's a big different conversation between I need $25,000 to upgrade my website and the boss says, okay, what's going to happen at the end? Most of the people that are trying to defend that don't have the wherewithal in understanding what it will do. Uh, and that's okay. <clears throat> that's okay. Again, consumer world, they got that nailed. So we're having Tyler Crockett, for example, is our uh, director of product mm-hmm. in, in marketing, right? And, and Tyler understands you know, how to craft and help you understand you do this, this is the outcome that will ultimately mm-hmm. probably happen, right? And, and do so in such a way that when you're presenting to your management, you know, these are the proof points that you need to do. Um, and I greatly appreciate the honesty of people right now. It's like, hey, Charles, I don't, you know, okay, but I don't know how to position that. Mm-hmm. And these are some pretty smart people. They've been marketers their whole life. But now that you're looking for a major investment, is it CapEx or is it IT investment? What the hell is it? Because it's not marketing, which it should be looked at, should be in the sales and marketing. It should be in all of their budgets. And so that now is having to, you know, to validate that and give them, you know, ammunition, you know, more arrows in their quiver when they go to, you know, try to, you know, ask for this demand to be, you know, approved. Um, there is the issue with technology stack and where things are moving that, you know, allows you the opportunity to reduce personnel in some cases. And I don't have this as frequently, but I will say six months ago, it was frequent conversations that people calling us to help them in whatever mm-hmm. digitally. I'll get, the question would be asked, do you think this is, can replace man hours? So, I mean, people. Yeah. Sure, good. Honest question. Yeah. Sure. But you also need talent sets you, that replaceable in some other. That can maximize the system that I, we're trying to implement. You, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. have those people, yeah. which is another reason why, you know, we get we out, we get outsourced too all yeah. the time is, you know, for monthly service agreements to help them because they don't have the devs. They don't have the engineering talent. They may not have the IT talent exclusively to, you know, to do all that needs to be done. Um, so 
But we'll come back to that point of the leadership standpoint, leading yeah. by example, leadership leading, the C-suite people leading by example, understanding the foundation, understanding the fundamentals of process. And then, of course, they do tell their team to execute it. But do you think a lot more C-suite people are now open to understand the fundamentals instead of saying, okay, this is great, I love this, and then telling people to execute it? Or instead of understanding it, leading it, showing people, okay, this is good, not just from marketing, putting, my, putting themselves out there, leading branding and also understanding the fundamentals of the, of the software or whatever they're trying to change of the tech stack they're trying to bring in. Do you see people start shifting? So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. How many, how many C-levels do you know, let's say presidents yeah. or CEO, that actually can think through that and be able to pull it together and articulate to a team? It depends what industry. Well, in this our industry, industry? Yeah. yeah, very few. Yeah. Very, very few. Uh, uh, yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not being offensive. You know, yeah. I know it sounds, you know, like you're beating out the C-suite. I mean, the C-suite drives a lot of this business, you know, that we yeah. have to exist in, in terms of whether we're approved or not. Um, here's what I do know. I would suspect in the next foreseeable future, a lot of the re folks coming in to head companies up, whether manufacturer or distributor, um, are going to, at that C-level, are going to have to be different, possess different talent sets Skill and experience. Sets, yeah, yeah you, you've got to have that. You can't just create another C-title. Uh, chief marketing officer, chief digital officer, mm -hmm. chief revenue officer, chief customer officer. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that stuff means anymore. In fact, I don't even look at titles when I'm talking to somebody because I can pretty well figure out whether that title fits you or not, or that a title does not, you don't possess anything mm -hmm. that reflects that title. And I think that's getting more refined. I think more CEOs that come in or get elevated are going to be people that have a talent set that's broader than what it is. Maybe an engineer at one point. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Do you understand sales and marketing? Do you understand the current digital positioning that you're existing in? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is that future proof down the line digitally? Will I be able to transist, uh, transcend into a digital e-commerce mm -hmm. entity at some point? We have to do that. What's it going to take to get there and understand? Those are thought processes and talent sets that I, you know, and they don't, it, they don't need to be in-depth engineering or IT or marketing, but have a general knowledge, working knowledge. And I think yeah. you have a lot of talented people, guys and gals that can be moved into that position. And I think that uh, as in our industry, that succession is happening. It's slowly yes. happening, but in the next five to 10 years, it's going to be a massive shift, which will hopefully bring that um, that fundamentals to the to the teams and to these companies to be able to really transition and have a different perspective of leadership and the process just like you said they 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 come from even we talked about your son your son has a lot of skills as he's learned even though he had one as I said he, he invested himself for a degree but he's learned the whole set of from data understanding these are things that the new generations coming in they're they have a lot of skills. They're not just focused on one thing. No, you're, you're right. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But you got me going on this one. So yeah. we talk a lot about the new entries, the millennial. Yeah. Let's get past this millennial nonsense. Yeah. It's new, younger people coming in, whatever age that may be, right? We've, oh. passed, we've passed millennial X and Y and Z. It's here already. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is that it's already here. And the people, those customers, Mr. Manufacturer, Distributor, that are visiting your site exponentially are, are increasing in the new persona. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that person is? Could you have a way to start to detect what they're doing that's mm -hmm. different than 
20, or I mean, 50% of the other visitors to your site. And that reflects this new entity, right? This, this new emergence of talent that are digitally savvy. And this is not rocket science, right? My customers are becoming more digitally savvy. Okay. Turn on your camera. <laughs> Duh, right? So therefore, uh, you know, is my business model set up to That's, deal with that? I mean, that was the basics of it. The visualization, right. the number one thing I think we all had within the turn industry the is turn the camera on, guys. We're on a call. We're all, everybody is an executive or a leader, but half the cameras are off and not showing up for it. And that still today, I think is still getting understand because... Everybody work from home is very, I mean, switching to this a little bit, work from home is very easy. Everybody works from home most of the time. A lot of people have this. So building a space or a camera or having a little light and investing in that to show up to the meetings being prepared is fine. And you look and the other things, oh, I look weird on camera. Well, you look the same in person than you do on camera. So I don't know what, you have to get over that. <laughs> We're not, yeah. Uh, I, I, agree. I agree, you know. We, 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 yeah, yeah. I think we confuse ourselves most of the time, you know. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, we do labor. confuse ourselves. We, and, we, we do, you know. There, so much overthinking, yeah. you know, and I, and I think that's part of the digital transformation, you know, that goes on out there. It's, people just overthink this stuff. Come on, lighten up, folks. It's not as complicated. And by the way, the technology's made it a lot easier. So yeah. you're worrying about stuff that you don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah. I right? mean, I 100% agree. 100% agree. But now I want to shift and ask you some questions. Yeah. Pick your mind a little bit sure. about what's going on. I mean, I know you did a little thing on the ERA for onshore offshoring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great. So, that was great. Yeah, I wanted to get pick your mind a little bit, elaborate a little bit about that. And what is your thoughts on the onshoring, offshoring, what's happening, supply chain disruption, and starting with onshoring, offshoring first, and then we can get to full break of what's going on wow. in the industry? Uh, well, I think, it, it, well, first of all, you know, what I've been able to learn from people that my contacts on onshoring, offshoring, mm -hmm. um, and all of that, back to America, yeah. all, all that, um, I, I thank all of you, men and women that helped me. Uh, you, that network that you can establish to get information is, is yeah. just crazy good, crazy good. I think the first point is, you know, take a look at what happened, I think, uh, Wisconsin, uh, with Foxconn, yeah. go from 13,000 promised at the end of 2020. Now it's 1,300. Um, well, I don't know if this even going to happen, yeah. uh, but we saw, I saw something today. Yeah. It doesn't look, the site looks not going to, you know, it's just a sign now. No, no. <laughs> I, you know, so I, you know, if we had, if we had more people that would yeah. challenge us, I think like, like, like Musk. Yeah. <laughs> so, Starship city. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Listen, I, I'm taking his yeah. to Mars. I'm not taking uh, Virgin Atlantic. It's not yeah. going to happen. Right. So any of it. Uh, so what's happening? Uh, I learned a lot during that okay. session that I did. So, mm -hmm. um, key points, the notion of onshore and bring back to America is kind of a killy, a, a silly concept. You know, because that's not going to happen exclusively. You know, we are dependent uh, other than, you know, we can't do it all yeah. here in the U.S. Okay, so we find ways around the whole China thing. So I think it's come around now that, look at the good things. Um, you know, with the newest administration, should it happen or not, Intel and the rest of them that are building and committing to dollars invested mm -hmm. in semiconductor production. Great, great. That wouldn't have happened because of the po pandemic, and it wouldn't have happened unless China, you know, did what it did yeah. or does what it does. Mm -hmm. Or does what we allowed it to do. Yes. So the awareness of what we have allowed to do to disrupt a truly efficient, proficient supply chain. Well, now we got to we got to think through it again. Mm -hmm. 
and that's good. Okay, we have to think through it again. So that leads to last lack of dependence on foreign entities. You know, um, I think one of the data points in during that that I got uh, was foreign development funds. Right, mm-hmm. you know, all last year, yeah. you had two countries, two that were foreign invested for development for manufacturing. That was India and China. Mm-hmm. All the other major com- countries fell below, and it was negative investment. Yeah. That's crazy, right? So that onshoring to drive or the ability to drive investment in the U.S. I think will uptick. I, I, I do. I, we're already seeing it in some cases, right? Um, so I think what we see also with the with the supply chain, you know, on the semiconductor side, right? You know, with what the automotive companies and the other subcontractors to that market what they've brought forward now in terms of outside, off the board, let's get off the board for a minute, all the packaging material mm-hmm. and such around the enclosures of the electronic stuff that we all make, right? A lot of that's not sourceable in the U.S. Yeah. That's very, you could have all the components you want, but do you have the other related products? So I think that will become more of an opportunity in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think um, Mexico certainly has some of that, right? So um, I think though. The intelligence gathering for supply chain knowledge has dramatically increased. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ability to look at beyond just lead times. Yeah. It's like we talked earlier. So we're not going to, we have to understand what's behind that lead time. Environmentally, yeah. right? Uh, socially, politically, all these things come into play. And, you know, companies like Jable, when Jable did their control tower, right? And, uh, and I know there's others that do some wonderful things to bring all the data sets in to understand that effective supply chain. So these things are now uh, much more relevant today. Um, you know, another great example is I just had a conversation. The other guy, look at the floods in or the lack of water in Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah. The drought. Who thought? Yeah. I bet you less than 5% of this industry realized that the amount of water that it takes to build <laughs> semiconductor people don't realize that i had don't. another i had robert quinn came on and they he don't. educated us enlightened us a lot about that water is a necessity for any production oh yeah it's crazy yeah for anything yeah anything yeah. so uh so the, the awareness of these things now are so much critical why because of what COVID yeah. caused and you know and so now we've got to look deeper and get smarter about it. It's always been there to get smart yeah. about it. Now we're forced to do it. So I think that's very positive. Um, I do. Uh, I think the other thing I've sensed on this onshoring is is the business modeling uh, for some distributors that I've talked to. Um, they probably have a greater awareness than I gave them credit okay. for uh, to understand what they're up against supply chain. Um, I. I I think there, there there's an awareness that is very serious right now about the supply chain functionality or you know uh, how it's built uh, than than I've heard in ten years. I yeah, think. I mean, I think the pandemic really accelerated that because of the shutdown of That's, logistics yeah. and that you know meaning like people realize um, our industry is disrupted now but we had a supply chain disruption just in ppe getting products to people logistics getting cars everybody was at home there was a van shortage for amazon and all the delivery logistics mm-hmm. that because we were Good so point. dependent on 
travel by certain methods, but especially commercial airlines were down 60 to 70%. People don't realize half of the logistics in the world travel by commercial airlines. It's not just UPS and FedEx and there's planes out there. There is a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of these things for supply chain that completely disrupted. Like, wait a minute, we have to rethink this. This, yeah. this everything's broken. Everything yeah, yeah. is broken. Yeah. This is not everything. sustainable. This it, is not sustainable. I think everything it has to, it's either broken or it has the potential yeah. to be broken, right? Uh, you're never going to have a perfect system, you know, but it's certainly, uh, you know, to your point, right? When you go from airlifting product in, getting it within two weeks from date yeah. of order versus shipping it in, oh, God forbid you go through the Panama Canal or oh, yeah. go the through Suez Canal. Suez how, Canal, yeah. rather, I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah, you know. Look at that disrupted. Or when you go to Long Beach and you see a hundred, you know, ships out there, yeah, Just waiting to get ported, and there's no room, yep. there's no trucks, right? So all of that is forced. You know, the vulnerability of, of the supply chain. Wow, that was scary. Everything that happened during the last twelve months, and we're not out of it yet. But I, I, I see a lot of positive work towards intelligently working on how to correct that, and 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 moved, find the other LCRs. We were talking earlier, you and I, and and, and, Mike. and Mike over yeah. here, we were talking about Vietnam, right? Yeah. Vietnam is a great LCR. I, and I hope LCRs like Vietnam and maybe in Malaysia, Philippines is already there, kind of, yeah. but you know it's not a manufacturing yeah. heavy base, but uh, these are being, I think, explored much more efficiently now with the notion of I've got to remove myself from dependency on China. And yeah. it's, it's all about China. I don't, I mean, it's a hard thing to say, but we'll never break that dependency of China. There will well, be some goods that. there. I don't think we should. There, no, we shouldn't. There, the only thing is if they stay within compliance of IP, that's the thing. They keep breaking those those barriers. That They just need to stay in the compliance and everything. But that's a whole other subject in itself. But moving forward, the onshore, offshore, I feel that I think a lot of people are much more educated that, okay, we can only onshore so much we can't onshore everything no, there's so can't. much here you're right the challenge also is because we still have the tariffs in place you can't just people can onshore but they realize there's another tariff that's involved because all the products coming from say china the metals the products they still have to pay a tariff so for them to send it to actually to uh, mexico is actually but mexico right now has a supply chain disruption because they don't have enough capacity there's not a supply chain to set up a factory, you need a supply chain around you for all the products. They look look at the Flextronics campus in uh, Guatemala. I mean, uh, Guadalajara. Yeah, you know, you know, there's a lot of constraint on supply movement. Even the implant stores. I mean, maybe you're better off if you had, if you were a supplier and you, you know, made, you had that implant store. Correct. You know, yeah. you know, already installed. So that's minor to help things. But yeah, it's across the board. I, I think also the. Let's talk about t talent for people yeah. for a minute. Um, okay. Everybody, how many people want to be a supply chain person or person person? Oh what, what, what is supply chain person? I don't know what and, it is. Uh, you know, supply chain management. But a lot of people are popping up these days with that skill. For, and, and it's a different skill set. Yeah. And this just magnified it, you know, 100 times, yeah. you know. It just magnified it 100 times, you know, you know to find that talent set. Yeah. So, uh, and the, those, I don't know where we're going to get it. Yeah. You know, hopefully... You know, we'll find that attraction so it'll come in. Yeah. No, I mean, overall, I mean, that supply chain breaks, semiconductors, the shortage is happening. And it's not just semiconductors. It's all materials across the board, building materials, wood, it's four times the price, building homes, the shortage of home. And, of course, the stimulus, people don't realize the stimulus is to create stimulus. They're spending. When you got $4 trillion coming into a market in a year, 
where do you think the money is going to go to? And it, it, there's a lot spending out there. A lot of people are coming post-pandemic, spending because they had a lot of money saved for vacations and never went on. They want to do home improvements. They want to build. They want to move because they don't like the state they're in because of taxes or other politics they're in. And that's causing a massive spot. And it affects everything because digitalization of everything's IoT. Everything's connected. We want to build build a new home. We want everything to be set. All connected. has digitalization in it. We want to have all these fancy lights. We want to have all these switches. We want to have cool audio systems. These are all areas. Comes to cars. People don't realize Cars, I used to have $100 semiconductors in them, or maybe $200. Now it's like almost $1,000 a semiconductor. That's just for combustion cars. You got to yeah. look at EV cars. You know, that's just combustion related in the sensors that go into that. And we're just an uptrend through the computing and everything is laptop now through our handhelds. The trajectory, because you know you've been around this industry, 2010, oh, 2000, UI2K, we went through the dot-com boom, e-commerce boom, and it mm -hmm. crashed. I don't see, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I don't see this crashing because that upsurge of demand, digitalization, and transforming everything into a fully digital world of how we operate. These two personal guys yeah. offering our, our thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah that's my, my uh, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see how we cannot have significant growth. It, you know, uh, well, just look at 2020. If you're a distributor did not grow in 2020, at least towards the tail end, oh, yeah, the tail, or this, yeah. or this first quarter, or first Q one. If you didn't grow in Q one, or have, I mean, the bookings are all over out of the roof. It's yeah, just building now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you need to step back as a model yeah. and figure out why I'm not participating. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's I think that's crazy that you know, first people did not expect that we're not going to grow. Uh, it's too pent up demand. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, you know? yeah. I mean, this, we yeah. all opinionated of all the data and, and the vision that I see that the world is changing, having a lot of these thought leaders on the podcast talking through I me mean, that said the NVIDIA one just, um, just, it opens your mind. Like, wow. wow. Where like, are we doing? Yeah. How many people think about NVIDIA? <laughs> I mean, <they're, laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that, they basically own the game market, right? The video market. And now they're going into automotive. They're yeah. the Mercedes, all Mercedes from 2024 are all going to be, the whole infotainment system is going to be NVIDIA. They're going to build the whole infotainment. So it's all connected and computing with each other. The new EQS, if you guys haven't seen, that's all NVIDIA. You know, you think about, um, we talked earlier yeah. about brand identity, right? You know, yeah. Let's talk about NVIDIA for a minute. You go to any gamer, yeah. it's worth their, their weight. Yeah. And they're building, you know, a gaming machine. We talked earlier yeah. about it. It's got to be NVIDIA. I'm not going to take something else in there. It's not going to work. The GPUs, yeah. You know, and I'll wait. You can't even get it. You can't even get a video card now, right? From NVIDIA, it's just it's. If, it's if you want, you're going to pay ten <laughs> times the, the price to the roof. Yeah, ten times the price. They've built that identity alignment, yeah. right? And they've done a great job with that. Um, I remember some of the media guys all complain about oh, NVIDIA doesn't spend any money in media, yet they kept. They captured an entire gaming global industry. Well, how do you think they did that? They aligned themselves with relevance to that community, understood the community, identified it, and aligned their offering specifically to that intent of need that that person wanted. Mm -hmm. Boom. Boom. And it's all within a, just a community, community. That's a big, yes. powerful thing, a community yes. of the gamers that built that transition. And then it just starts spreading. Because it just starts spreading from 2000 from Jensen, who you know, created just the first GPU in it. He's like, okay, we'll create GPUs and create graphics processing. And who knows that graphics processing is now could be used for full computing. You don't, you don't even need a microprocessor. I mean, a CPU, 
they can be used and replaced. But if you have a different, uh, as I said, a different uh, ecosystem, I mean, uh, ecosystem, you can use the full GPUs. You don't mm -hmm. need a mm -hmm. CPU, you know. And GPUs are being used for supercomputing now. All super, not all super, but CPUs are still there. Don't get me wrong. CPUs are just as powerful. They're just different infrastructure. And these are things that we can, you know, go down. And it, it's getting so fascinating with the usage of people. All right, data center, everything, cl everything cloud. We all talk cloud. People are right. Where, where is the cloud? <laughs> there are massive, massive data centers with thousands of servers and racks that are holding our information, storing it. Our podcast goes from into the cloud. It's stored in these big systems. And the usage is just going higher and higher. And it's more storage. There's more need. You know, I mentioned you earlier. Yeah. Uh, you need to get Bob Evans on here. Uh, yeah, that's Bob, next. Yeah, it, Bob Evans, if you're listening to this, we'll send him this clip. We got to come on. Yeah, Bob, I'm going to call <laughs> you. I'm going to call you anyhow. So, but I think people, I, I learn a lot about what the cloud is and what it's becoming. Mm -hmm. It's very complicated. It, it, there's a lot going on than you know, AWS, you know, and Azure. Okay, you got that. But there's ten players. Five own the, the clouds. They own the sky. Say five, you know, that really own the sky. But where they're going in hybrid cloud and, and, and all the things that are changing in cloud that affect the organization enterprise cost. We have to deal with this all the time, whether somebody is on-prem or off-prem. Yeah. What do you prefer? You know, and then when they go off-prem into the cloud, it's amazing how many of them don't understand ex what they need to know about that before they do that trigger. Right. Well, we, we, we had a similar thing. We had 20 servers here, and my three year seven, 2017 was my initiative. We got to move everything off site. We have 90% off site. We still have a couple servers here. Well, domain local servers. Mm -hmm. But it, we also had to learn that process. Where yes. are we putting it? The cost of it, because the cost makes sense now, is having hardware and having it stored somewhere. And, uh, but also accessibility, especially if you're doing the business in other parts of the region, how can you access it? Is it just as fast? Do you have latency time? Well, you got you and, have, security. Yeah, and security. And security time. So these are a lot of the knickknacks, things that you can definitely get into it, but it, it's it's fascinating that how it has changed to, I would say if you're not in the cloud, because you need, BC, for our industry, mm -hmm. any customer comes off, we need a business continuity plan. Yeah. They're going to say, if this place burns down, your warehouse is gone, what happens to all the data on the servers here? What are they, they'll audit, like, well, we can't do business with you because you have no you have no contingency plan. Oh, I, I I doubt very many publicly talk about their disaster recovery plans, right? And how I think the pandemic really exposed a lot of that. Uh, I think they did, yeah. you know, and I think a lot has been hidden. Yeah, I do, I do. I mean, do I mean I I got to hand it to you know the Japanese semiconductor manufacturers. You know, they know what it means to recover. They know what has to be done. But they're having a lot of issues still. They are. A lot of fires and a lot of yeah. random things that are yeah. happening for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Not just the earthquakes or tsunamis. They got fires now, too. And, and that didn't that, that didn't help much. That was Renaissance, I think it was, that had yeah. their issue. So that, you know, yeah. you can't have, and that gets back to supply chain, right? Yeah. So when you've got, you know, specific industries and, and volumes that are codependent on one or two people, you know, three or four people, and you get one disruption... I mean, people know Renaissance. I mean, the automotive industry is handicapped right now because Renaissance. Totally. That's right. And Ren and where is your BCP plan? I mean, you can have multiple plants in Ch in Ch Japan if you don't want to put it in another site, but you can move capacity over and just lose maybe a couple weeks, not you know, months. You know, and this this gets me on the. Um, let, let's shift to stay on the people thing for okay. a minute. But I, I think about you know, look at the conversation we've been having, right? Um, 
you you have to have those kind of conversations like this openly, you know, with your customer, right? You know, uh, be it an engineer or supply yeah. chain, it doesn't really matter, but let's say engineering, you know, uh, and be able to start to uncover and all the things that are affecting that simple, I just want to design this box and I need the smaller footprint. Is that really the entire story? Yeah. Is there more that's affecting this yeah. for that decision to be in that direction? Um, and I think that gets... I think that gets to this understanding of a salesperson that can get off board versus always on board, mm-hmm. meaning on the board versus off the board and get into all the other implications around that decision for the onboard component. I don't know a lot of salespeople. I certainly can't do it. I try, you know, to understand you want to buy that FPGA and it goes here. And for that reason, I get that. But there's like ton other 10 other areas that if I don't ask, I'll never know Mm -hmm. that are going to affect that. And that's in person. What about digitally? Can you do that digitally? Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And I I think that becomes back to the content structure to try to humanize as much as possible that experience. experience. That experience. I think that's important. Well, man, we've covered a lot of topics. We have. As I said, if we're going to go off this... We're going to go off the, the mic and the note. Two you know, cups worth. Two cups so. worth it. <laughs> it's but all good. Again, Steve, I, I really think, for, I mean, these conversations yeah. are kind of priceless. I, I would love to you to come back, maybe quarterly updates, what's going on, big this data. Is, uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And you had no agenda when we got to no, this. And I, 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 I appreciate well, that. Well, I, I do have it in mind. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I can, I have a little bit of a memory that I can still remember certain things. I knew certain topics I want to discuss you with, with you about. And because also I learn and it's, you know, I pick your mind same, a little same, bit. Same, so do I. So do I, I. pick your mind a little bit, but I really thank you for coming on and I uh, can't wait to see you again soon. And we get uh, out of this thing where we're kind of out of post-pandemic vaccinations. Vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, but, 100%. Yeah. So that's a good thing. It's why I'm here again. Yeah, probably yeah. see EDS. You're going to do EDS this of year? Of course going to do EDS. Yeah. Back to Vegas is open. Yeah, I'll, I'll see everybody at EDS. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, you know, it's a good way to sign off is that yeah. see everybody at EDS yeah. and... Uh, Remember, Big Zeta is yeah. always here to help yeah. you, so give me a shout. He's the man. Give Call Big call, Zeta. Whatever yeah. you need. All right, thanks, Cheers, buddy. everybody. Take care.